Hello, podcast people. Check this one out. 80% of your customers are probably a complete waste of time. Seriously, let me say that one again. That's 80% of your customers are probably a waste of time. It's such a weird principle to think about if you're only hearing it for the first time, but it's such an important one and it is totally overlooked by most of the market and people we talk to on a daily basis. So what you've got in this podcast is myself, Guy, we've got Jeff and Joe back again, picking apart the most important Pareto principle that you should care about for your business and your company's growth. Let's get into it. All right, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm all right, Guy, how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. Joe, are you okay? Yeah, not bad. Good as good as we all can be, I think. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it, at the minute? Anyway, um, we've got what I think is a really important uh, and quite funny question <laughs> for you today. Um, and Joe, we'll start with you because you, you've spoken about this before and I know you've got a really good answer for it. But why is it that 80% of your customers are actually complete bollocks? Yeah, when you want to word it like that, it's a, it's a hell of a question, isn't it? Um, the whole thing comes back to something that gets used a lot in marketing, but that I think people people don't look at in this particular way. And I think they could they'd start to gain a lot if they did. And it's this idea that, you know, we all tend to look at, you know, your Pareto analysis and your 80-20 rule. And we all know that, you know, 80% of your money comes from 20% of your customers. You know, they're much more valuable than all the rest. They spend a lot more money. And so... Realistically, at that point, it's kind of common sense to want to make sure that you're, that you're appealing to those people. But what a lot of people do is they stop short of making it all about those people. You know, they make a real point of not willing anybody else out and making sure to try to be all things to all people. And what you end up doing is not appealing to that, that top 80%, well, the top 80% of value out of that, that small niche of the 20% of customers. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, I'll not give you all the maths straight away, but when you break it down, your average per customer out of out of your 20% is going to spend 16 times more than your average customer out of your 80% that don't spend as much. So realistically, another one of them is like another 16 of the others. Make it about them. Yeah, so what you're saying is any company has 100% of its customers. You can split them into two groups. So your top 20%, are potentially 16 times more valuable than the entirety of the other 80%. But what the companies do is they send out their messaging and all their marketing is about appealing to all those 100% of the customers, when in reality, what you should be doing is focusing on those top 20%. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And yeah, if you did that, I'm sure you would lose a few of those less valuable guys, but you'd absolutely end up in a better place at the end of it. But it's a risk a lot of people won't take. Hmm. Jeff, I know you'll have some uh, strong views on this as ever. <laughs> I think Joe's got the strongest opinion on this one. But um, So you mentioned that it's about marketing, or companies traditionally will market to the top, to the 100%. Mm-hmm. I would say they don't even do that. They, they almost like subconsciously market to the, to the bottom 80%. And almost forget. Really, right, okay. They, they almost forget the advocates, and it's this kind of push of um, customer acquisition. Mm. So it becomes a race to the bottom whereby it's about, you know, acquiring your customer, acquiring your customer, acquiring your customer, mm-hmm. which almost kind of naturally feeds itself into the, you know, bottom feeding. 
and trying to reach the person who just wants the deal for 99 pence. And I know we've talked about discounting a hell of a lot on here, but yeah. it's like, okay, if we, if we knock 20% off this weekend, we can acquire, you know, a handful of new customers. But it's, it, it find it tends to be done the wrong way. And it's not, how can we acquire the best customers for us? It's just, how can we could just get anything? Um, yeah. You know, just at, at any, the cheapest cost, the, the crappiest customers. And, you know, to go back to your 80% of your customers are bollocks question. It's because that's who you're trying to attract. Um, and there's a lot to be said for, you know, pulling out that 20% and trying to speak to those guys and what is it that those, what has made those guys turn from a one-time purchase mm. to, a, to a customer advocate who's purchasing again and again and again and using that, that rather than let's just have a sale. That is the million dollar question at the minute for me is that how can you inspire not just that first purchase, but repeat purchases because any business anywhere, anytime always has been and always will be built on repeat customers. People that are coming to you because they like you and they like the products and they know that you can solve their problem in, in the way that is it's there to be solved. Um, it's yeah. not just this, as you rightly say, a smash and grab. If I'm going to run 20% off this weekend only, the customers that are going to come in that weekend are likely not in my top 20% of customers. They're likely in that bottom 80%, aren't they? Yeah, and I've seen some stats on this whereby, um, you know, your Black Friday, Cyber Monday customers yeah. end up being your lowest value lifetime customers because they just want that quick deal and then you never hear from them again. Sad, um, I, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of the state of modern society, but um, it's probably to do also with the ease of the ease of the acquisition of customers these days. So you can put a Facebook ad mm. up for your, your crappy product that's, you know, similar to a wish.com kind of thing. And it will convert and it will, per it will, you will get purchases from it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to pick on Facebook again, but it's, it's that kind of product where people are passively scrolling. Do they actually yeah. want the product? They're yeah. just, you know, they're sitting on the toilet looking at their friends' dinners on Facebook and then they see this, um, you know, life changing new product in their feed. Who will buy that? You know, there's a, there's a product um, difference there, but is that, the, is that really the way you want to acquire a customer? Definitely, yeah. I think as well for us as an, as an agency that, you know, does a lot of paid ads, there's something to be said for once you reach that point of advocacy, you're not going to go and look for someone's search ad or have a scroll and wait for the Facebook ad to come through. You're going to go, you're going to, you're going to go to the last email that they sent you or go straight to the website or through their app or whatever it might be. But it's almost like because the people that are in sort of our corner of the marketing space other guys that actually, if we, if we ended up with this strong set of advocates, you know, we've got a, we've got a client of our own that's got a really kind of well-engaged Facebook group and they're not, they're not clicking on our ads, so we don't get any credit for it. Mm. And that's kind of, if, if not necessarily consciously, it's a put off for a lot of people because you get this level of advocacy. Those people will actually end up with worse numbers from like a, a search or a social perspective. And so, you know, how many people are even sort of shying away from them deliberately or otherwise, because it doesn't make them personally look as good interesting that's a really interesting point and the next question was going to be uh, and that fits into it quite nicely what should customers well no companies be doing to just target those top 20 percent of customers versus the whole spectrum first things first you've got to know who they are there's a lot of people i mean god it was it was an ongoing battle for us and our clients in 2020 but we have customers 
where we, we know that obviously that the, their set of customers must have a most valuable 20%, but I couldn't get you a list of them or any, they're not, they're not being tracked in any pixels anywhere. And it's, it's really only sort of like the cream of the crop where we bother to do that. And yeah. I think a lot of people that they, they always just stay at, at zero. And you know, the, the first thing you've got to do is, is know who they are before you can do anything with, with that information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about in terms of acquiring them? Say you do know who they are. Um, you know, exactly, you know, we all do the marketers here. We've done the ideal customer profile kind of thing. And we've, uh, you know, the Jeff Bezos kind of era of having an empty seat at your table. So you're thinking about exactly what your customer wants. But say we've got that picture of who it is in your head. What do we do to attract them? Um, I guess we can take this in a few angles. You could give the, the Google route. Is it about picking your keywords so that you know which keywords are actually attracting your most valuable customers or you guys tell me what, what would it be? I think, you know, and this is, this is potentially kind of shooting myself in the foot given that yeah, keywords are supposed to sort of be my thing, but I've seen very, very few sort of accounts in industries where there's like your high value keywords coming through, unless it is sort of, if it's lead gen and they're using slightly different language and stuff, but whether you want to buy a certain pair of shoes or TV or whatever it is as part of sort of, you know, as a one-off or as, as part of your massive LTV, you still, you look for the same things because you want the same, the same product. Yeah. And so I think you almost have to go very much down the creative route with it, you know, be that in that it's, it's through the social side of things where you can use your sort of, your know, your LTVs and your, your lookalike audiences around your more valuable customers, which you can do on Google, but it's not the prevalent method. Mm to get these people. But then more than that, I think you need to know what it is that drew them in. Like they're not going to search for different things, but they're going to make their decision based on different factors. Yeah. Absolutely. And given that you've already isolated a list of them, go and ask the ones that you've already got. Yeah. Why did they buy from you? And then you know what to say to the next lot. Yeah, absolutely. Je- Jeff, is that, is that, do you share that opinion? Is it all about just knowing, knowing who those top 20% of your customers are and saying exactly the right things based on, selling and iterating and getting better and doing it again the next time around yeah i mean it's um it's a marketing buzzword which has kind of been and gone but probably never really went away and i think it would be like user personas Mm. um and people probably hear that and think oh that sounds like a lot of work or you know that sounds like a wanky market research type job Mm. um but actually i bet when you speak to business owners who are kind of right at the heart of it they probably already have a good idea of who these people are. And I bet some of them, if you, you talk about like best value customers, they'll probably even have a name springs to mind yeah. where they're, put, they're posting out orders to these guys all the time. Yeah. So they know who they are, but they don't actually do anything to say, okay, well, um, you know, we're, we're in January and we talked um, briefly about the kind of gyms and the new, new year, new me crowd. Mm-hmm. That's a really good example of this, where those guys are going to be a waste of time because they're going to purchase you know, the kettlebells in January and think that they're going to, you know, get fit. By February, that kettlebell is going to be used as a doorstop. Um, it's the guys who are, you know, they, they do that they do the Ironman triathlon every year and they're yeah. buying new gear to keep up with it. Yeah. And just pull, pulling the customers apart a little bit like that. So, yeah. you know, if, if this guy's doing these um, endurance races yeah. in the autumn or whenever it is, um, you know, adapting your tactics to be more geared around that person. Yeah. But obviously it does start with who are these guys? And 
I think probably, you know, owners and even senior marketing people will have a fair idea of, of who they are. Um, they just haven't formalized the tactic of actually pulling them out and doing something with that information. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's once you know who's in your top 20%, i.e. the guy who's doing your triathlon versus um, Karen, who's just bought a kettlebell for January <laughs> and it is going to use it as a doorstop come February. Um, what people are scared of, and this kind of comes full circle into what we started the conversation with, the marketing isn't messaged towards PEI and man triathlete. It's they're scared of saying things that will piss Karen off. Whereas in fact, yeah. you should kind of lean into the stuff that might piss off your less yeah. valuable customers and really, really nail down who these guys are that are going to grow your business over the long term. Do you know who I think does it really, really well? And it's, it's a strange example. It's, it's, not, it's not e-com focused at all, but I think they've, they've absolutely, in terms of the creative, they've nailed it. Mm. Is, um, is CXL, like the training platform. Yeah, I agree. Where they've got those ads you see on social where they'll post their one-star reviews. And it's there was a one where it was, yeah, there was a guy who was, what was it like, oh, the Google Tag Manager course was too complicated. Like I had to turn it down to half speed to understand it or something to that effect. And, um, and, you know, the ad cop was just something along the lines of like, you know, we're literally too advanced for some people, like come and see if you're upward. And it's like those people that just want to have a little pop of something. If you can have that for your, for your business and find that person that's like not taking it seriously and make them hate. Yeah. I, I bet you'd reap the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, you know, the, the CXL one for me, it's that um, become or become one of the world's top 1% of marketers or something like that. Mm, yeah. That's the remarketing message they, they get me and it gets me every time. It's like, oh God, because I'm someone that wants to develop and improve and all that kind of stuff. And it just makes me think, it makes me think, God, I want to get better <laughs> every time. But that's, that's about knowing me and the kind of guy I am, I guess. They've obviously done that research and that kind of messaging really appeals to me. So Absolutely. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on, uh, I guess, would be how much of it depends on your business model as well. So um, I'm thinking about if you're a subscription business, how do you find people that are going to be uh, or subscribe for 12 months versus three months, for example? Or if you're a retailer, is it about, you know, are people better off coming in on a certain set of products? Or are you better selling like uh, a starter kit to someone? with the view that they're going to purchase again and again. Um, just mm. talk around that if you can. Yeah, I mean, I guess like in, in today's world, there's, you've got masses of data on everything um, and it will, it'll be in there somewhere. So if, you, you know, if you're, a, um, let's say you're a department store and you've got 5,000 products, what are the products that people are only purchasing once versus mm. what are the products that people um, you know, might purchase and come back on? So, it, it, you know, it is market dependent, but um, the data will be there somewhere. Um, it might be geographic. It might be um, time between first touch point and actual purchase. It might be a specific page, that, a landing page that someone comes in on, um, which is geared around a specific yeah. topic. Nice. Well, there will be something there. Um, and I think kind of the flip side to it is, you know, you, there's, the work has to be done by the business itself as well to create advocates, um, you know, you're not always going to get that, that um, multiple purchase, really high value customer um, organically even. Mm. It's, you know, even some of the tiny little things that, you know, business owners can do, write a little personalized message um, in an order. 
it will go such a long way towards turning that person from a, a one-time one bang i'm just buying your product because it was cheap towards a i love this brand yeah um so i wouldn't kind of rest on the laurels and think you know we know john the ironman triathlete and we know he'll just come back it's okay well john's ordered from us three or four times now um can we do him a vip discount or can we just say you know, you know at the end of the year thank you for your custom john you were in the top five percent of our customers and we're seeing this quite a lot of like um spotify like spotify roundup but um i think all the big grocers are doing it so you've got these emails now where tesco are saying like you were in the top one uh, percent of apple purchasers in north shields and it's kind of throwing the data back at the person and making them feel special somehow through it gotta make them feel now, good I love all that stuff. It's like yeah. you bought more salt and vinegar crisps than anyone in the northeast of England. You're kind of like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel like you're a more valued customer somehow. Yeah. 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 There's going to be not a week goes by where you don't have those crisps back in your basket <laughs> because you don't want to lose your title. Like they've, they've yeah. even probably gained a bit of extra extra money off you there down the line. Yeah. And people are more uh, loss averse than they are to profit or gain, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Which is, I mean, it's a hell of a thing to not want to lose, but I bet it happens. I bet it happens every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, question to finish on would be, uh, and I touched on this before we started recording, but how important is email marketing in all of this? I'd, I'd say it's essential, really. Um, especially with the, obviously you've got your, you've got your, your e-commerce side of things, and I've seen people do clever things in their in their advertising where, if you show the stuff that's most commonly bought by a high tip LTV people mm. to, to everyone, then they'll all end up spending more anyway. Even if that's not necessarily the most expensive stuff, you almost kind of train them into that high LTV purchase pattern. Nice. But if you're a SaaS business or something like that, or a subscription model where there's, you know, if you're Dollar Shave Club or something, then you mm -hmm. don't have that. Mm -hmm. And really the only way to get people to, to retain themselves or for you to retain them as time goes on really is to make them see the value in what you're giving them and whether that's showing them how they can use something in a different way or make sure that they know about a new feature or a new whatever yeah. you have to communicate that to them and i think if you've got their email address you'd be mad to make anything else kind of the first port of call when you're doing that yeah jeff email yeah. marketing what do you reckon yeah, I banged the drum quite a lot about, um, I, I kind of revalidated this statistic, which is years old, but I think it still applies, about email um, still offering the highest ROI of any channel. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be no surprise to find that that probably correlates quite highly with those customers who every single time they get an email, they're coming back and purchasing again and again and again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not the guy that sees your organic Facebook post on a Saturday morning. It's, it's the person who, every time they get that email, they'll continue opening it because they're engaging with your brand. And they've bought in by that point. Yeah. Um, an email is still, you know, as much as it's still a very personal channel where people, you know, they've opted into it and it's a conscious decision to stay on the list. Um, it's the people who continue to engage and you've got that permission there to engage with them time and time and time again. Yeah. And once, once someone gives up and they unsubscribe, that's fine. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, you find that balance of, of what is the point where by someone will either get pissed off and say, unsubscribe, I'm sick of these guys. They're not adding the value. Yeah. Or these, I, you know, I opt in to having these guys in my inbox every single day or every single week. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's that old thing, is it, that people on your email list are actively putting their hands up and saying, yes, I'm here. I want to hear from you. Give me more of the story. Give me a good deal when it's on. I'm ready. I will, might, buy. Uh, and that, that's the importance of it. And yeah, I, I love that kind of thought of the guys on your email list are the ones who are going to correlate with the top 20% of your customers. So if you're not doing email marketing as well as you should be, and that's what we're finding a lot with uh, a lot of the e-commerce stores we look after, get all over it, guys, because the, the more important customers for you, the guys that are going to help your business and grow the company are the ones that you will be email marketing to. Um, yeah. Use it for more than just sales on? as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah, just another, another 15 seconds and we will move on. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thinking about the ones, the, the guys we've had that actually were the opposite end of the scale and were amazing at their email marketing. And they were the ones who, you know, would have two and three and five emails a week that were like personal, almost like a blog piece, like something from like the, the CEO or whatever. That was just kind of like, here's what I've been thinking about this week. Here's what we're all going through. And they normally sell something anyway, as opposed to I've got, I think it's Pursue Fitness in my inbox at the minute. And they've had a sale on since about the 2nd of October or something. You know, it was, it's had a different name, but it's always been. And like, I, I know, I know you're 70% off. Like, I'm not bothered. Like, tell us something else. Yeah. And it's those other guys that smash it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, we'll not ba we'll not bang the discount drum or the the anti discount drum on this one. <laughs> yeah, let's leave it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's tidy this one up then. Uh, wrap mm -hmm. it in a nice bow. What what's the takeaway? What's if you're an e-commerce store owner listening to this, what should you be doing right now? There is a, a set of your customers that is more valuable than all the rest of them. That is every every individual person, every email address, every <laughs> transaction is worth sixteen times more than the guys on the other side of it. So stop being scared of ignoring the rest of them because these are your people that you want. Figure out where they are, what they want. You've already got them. So find those guys and speak to them and, and just ask yourself because you'll know anyway and start gearing what you do towards them because it'll give them a better experience. You'll make more money. And the other guys will just go and buy from someone else. It's not like you're hurting their feelings either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even do it manually if you have to. I think there's yeah. even... We're in 2021 and everyone's scared of picking up the phone, but my God, if I knew a particular customer was someone that was not only buying from me regularly, but telling all the friends to do so as well, they're the guys you really need to look after, pick up the phone and ask them why they love your business so much and what exactly is it about them. You get so much valuable insight and, and data and it's not, you know, everyone leans in, into the quantitative stuff, but this is a bit more qualitative, isn't it? Like, just why do you like it? You need to find that out. Um, and run with it ultimately. Jeff, anything from you? Tidy it up? No, I, think I can't, can't say it much better than that. Um, just nice. find, it, find the easiest way. You know, it's not easy to, to get a, a statistic for customer lifetime value. Yep. Um, but find the easiest way to, to spot a trend of repeat customers, whether that's just you, you're sick of seeing this guy's name on the packaging labels that you send out every single month. Um, <laughs> make, make a note of it. Yeah. And just find the easiest way to be able to determine what who these guys are yeah. um, and go from there. Nice one. Cool. So top 20% of your customers, guys, find them, look after them, go from there. We'll leave it there, eh? <laughs>